So how long should elected officials or people that work for the government be allowed to lie before they are held accountable? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. What I can tell you is the record and the process that we have been using uh, to make sure that uh, we do our best to secure the border. Uh, we do our best uh, to make sure that we fix a broken system that was left behind by the last administration. The CDC is saying they have concluded that fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. Right. There's one thing that a lot of Democrats even do wonder about, and that is Hunter Biden, your son, was getting paid a lot of money to serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges. You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. There's nothing wrong with people wearing two masks. I often, myself, wear two masks. And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the streets. But anyway... It's in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. <laughs> I mean, come on, where do I begin on that one? I mean, seriously, that was only about a eh, minute and 50 seconds worth of just back-to-back lies from people in the government elected officials, those that have been appointed, those that are just simply employed, lying through their teeth. And the worst part is, it was never a situation where we didn't know from the science in the case of the coronavirus and other things, they knew. It is increasingly obvious they knew the truth when they chose to lie for political reasons. When are they going to be held accountable? How do they go year in and year out consistently lying to the American public, having the news media, the mainstream news media, and I've got a story about them I want to share today. How do they get away with it? And I'm going to ask this question in a very blunt way. Are there that many Americans that are simply that detached from reality or just plain stupid (laughs) that keep believing everything that comes pouring out of these people's mouths? Let's be intellectually honest here. This is not a political statement. But we know for a fact, going back 50 years ago, 50 years Joe Biden, who only worked in the private sector for about a year and a half in his entire life, 
got his first, quote, government job, his big government job when he became the senator from Delaware in 1973. And he lied then to get the job. He has lied year in and year out as the United States senator, yet for whatever reason, nobody in that austere body of politicians ever really censured him for what he's done. You know, I've about had it with the United States Senate as a worthless, screwed up, I'm telling you the way I'm seeing it, a worthless, screwed up body of reprobates. I mean, come on. Lindsey Graham is now in the tank for Ukraine. We must fight Russia and every and I've got some stories on that. I'm beginning to wonder about the lie of Ukraine. There's something that doesn't smell right. Sorry, this may offend some of your sensibilities, but there are a few things about the stories we're being told that simply don't add up. Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader. What a fraud, what a phony, what a rhino, what a reprobate. He lies to you. I'm a conservative. No, he is not. He's an opportunist. A vile opportunist. I can't stand the man. Because he has lied to the American people, made claims as a conservative Republican that are all fake and phony and people fall for it. Just like Lindsey or flimsy Gramnesty from South Carolina has pulled the wool over the eyes of the people of that state for way too long. Fraud and a phony. I can go down the list of other senators on the Republican side. Frauds and phonies. And then you've got the diehard Democrats in the Senate. And they are just disgusting individuals and liars. Blumenthal from Connecticut claimed he was a Vietnam vet and all this stuff. He wasn't. Stolen valor should put him in jail. But no, he's a United States senator. With all the perks that follow for a lifetime. Durbin from Illinois, another one. You can go down the list of these reprobate liars in the Senate. In both parties. President of the United States is probably a professional liar, though now he's mentally compromised. Do you believe a word of anything that he said regarding his son, Hunter Biden? It is becoming increasingly obvious to anybody that is willing to pay attention that Hunter Biden had seen many of the classified documents that his father had. You remember the laptop? You know, the Russian disinformation laptop? Yeah, the mainstream media, they pushed that lie because they knew the laptop was true and they needed cover. And 51 liars that used to work for this government in national security, all 51 who should be in prison for the rest of their lives because they knew that they lied to the American people on issues of national security. Every stinking one should spend the rest of their miserable, worthless lives 
in Gitmo, for all I care. The 51 that signed that letter. Political hacks, reprobate liars, disgusting individuals. And so the American people were lied to and deceived. I really believe that Hunter Biden had access to that information because it's pretty clear as people are going through that laptop, there are things that only somebody at a secret level would know. Where did he get that information? What documents were found in the garage or at the Penn Biden Center? Or in the, you know, I don't know where they're finding all this stuff. You know, the library, the living room, the bathroom, I don't know. But apparently Hunter had access. And if I'm correct, because it's, it, it, I mean, too many people are looking at the laptop and going, there's no way he would know this stuff unless he found out from dear old dad. You know, dear old dad that said, I never discussed this stuff with my son. Of course he did. The Biden crime family. Biden, since he got to the United States Senate in 1973, 50 years ago, has looked after the, quote, Biden family financial interest. And... Granted, senators are paid a pretty decent amount of money, but not enough to own multiple mansions, beachfront property, and everything else that the Bidens have. They make a lot of money. And the only way that a person can make a lot of money in government is just like, you know, Harry Truman said, show me a wealthy politician and I'll show you a crook. And guess what? He was right. Crooked politicians. I want to know how people like Maxine Waters become millionaires becoming as a United States congressman. Nobody nobody ever asked that question. Insider trading with with the Pelosi family. Goes on and on. And they lie every day. And they're never, I mean, they are absolutely never held accountable. And part of the downfall, in my opinion, has been our media. Now, let's be honest. The influence the mainstream media once had is long gone. I was looking at some numbers just this morning as I prepared this this program. And I can remember back in the late 60s, early 70s, I can remember when I first got married, 1975. I used to watch the evening news, and I'll tell you, it was on NBC back in those days. I used to watch the NBC nightly news. I used to watch the news out of a TV station in Greenville, South Carolina, when I first got married, lived in North Georgia. And at that time, the TV stations you would watch in North Georgia were not out of Atlanta because Atlanta was just a wee bit too far away. You watch Greenville, Spartanburg, and Asheville in that part of North Georgia. And that was one of a handful of counties that were actually in what is called the South Carolina or the upstate Greenville DMA. You know, that's the dominant market area. 
because it was all over-the-air signals. You know, cable TV was nothing back then. And I used to watch the news every night. And I used to watch programs on the weekends like 60 Minutes. I used to get the Daily Newspaper, which was the Anderson Independent Mail, Northeast Georgia edition, and our local newspaper, the Tacoa Record. We subscribed. And I read all of these things with a passion. I I wanted to know what's going on in my world. I want to be prepared. I even worked for part of my early career in the news business in Atlanta on radio. And back then, I prided myself in accuracy, honesty, integrity, I didn't want to do a news story that was incorrect. I didn't want to have to come back and correct it. I wanted to know that when I reported a story, whether it was from the state house, the governor's mansion, or just an event, that everything I said was true. That concept is dead at NBC. That concept is dead at CBS. That concept is dead at ABC, CNN, and MSNBC. They have traded in honesty and integrity for political expediency and a very evil agenda. They perpetuate lie after lie and push some of the most horrific demonic things as normal. So I'm thankful that their impact on the United States is declining and declining rapidly. We are a country of 330 million people. And the best that, you know, CNN can do some evenings is 500,000 for the news. Not much. That's like, you know, oh, one in what, 600 people? One in 600 people. But, you know... When you look at the downward spiral since roughly 1980 of the network newscast, they have been consistently going down year in and year out. Just a steady race to the bottom of ratings. There was a time that the three big networks... And remember, the population of the United States was under, you know, it was like under 200 million at the time. But some of these networks had 15 to 16 million people per night each. That's that's like 45, 50 million people. That's basically one in four. And remember, little kids didn't watch the news. It's like one in four people watched one of the major networks virtually every night. Then it became one in five, then one in seven, one in eight, one in 10. And now it's down to like one in 25. They've fallen a long way. The impact is gone. And and the news networks, like I say, the Leftist news networks, MSNBC and CNN and a couple of others, they, they've got nothing. Nothing. They can't even, in some cases, break a million. They just don't do it. 
Fox leads the way, and it sounds great. Hey, they got a million people. That's one in 300. Not really that great. Newsmax has now been kicked off DirecTV and AT&T's U-verse. Of course, I find AT&T one of the most despicable corporations in the United States. My nickname for them is Gay T&T. They, they have to really get into the pride thing and the rainbow thing and shove it down your throat. That's one company that they could literally tomorrow go bankrupt, disappear, and my feelings would not be hurt. Besides, they're a ripoff company too. My, you know, I've dealt with them once before, and they get you in on this stupid little deal, and then they they shaft you for the next three years with rates that are obscene. In other words, they're a reprobate, lying, evil company that pushes evil agendas like transgender, uh, same-sex marriage. They want little kids to be exposed to the rainbow colors, all the rainbow nonsense. The two fathers, the two mommies, the whatever. Gay TNT. Despicable, disgusting company. Between the liars in our government, between woke corporations trying to, well, make money off some pretty disgusting things, we are a nation in a world of hurt. We are, in a, we are a nation that is failing and will be falling. And is, is, well, it's falling as we speak. We cannot sustain the multi-trillion dollars in debt that we have and keep borrowing more money. They're going to keep raising the debt ceiling. When is it going to explode and bankrupt all of us? This cannot be maintained forever. Let me just put this, take a bunch of the zeros off, okay? You know, it's hard for us to imagine budget issues in the trillions of dollars. It's hard enough to understand billions of dollars. But you can understand, if you're somebody making, oh, I don't know, $30,000 a year, can you withstand a million dollars in debt? Of course not. You never pay it off. Take some of the zeros off and you begin to understand that the United States is financially absolutely and totally bankrupt. It's all funny money. I, I was talking with somebody that was Oh, this is in a radio group talking about how certain radio stations ought to pay more money, but they don't have it yet. One of those things. And I said, you know, and I started in a little tiny market over 50 years ago. I made a little bit more than minimum wage at that time. It was just, it was a small little radio station. It didn't have much money. And back then, the minimum wage was $1.65 an hour. And I said, because of inflation, and this guy told me I didn't know what I was talking about. And then I just gave him some examples and he never came back. I said, you know, for the most part, inflation has been over 658% in that period of time, on average, 
Some things more, some things a little less. Sure, television sets, because of mass production, they're cheaper. I get it. That console TV set that my wife and I purchased in, in 1975 was like 600, almost $600. Now, that's a lot of money. That's thousands of dollars in today's money. Today, for half that, I can buy a much better TV set than I bought then. But that's just because of integrated circuits. But look at the cost of a house. Look at the cost of food. Look at the cost of so many things that have gone up over time. The cost of an automobile. Yeah, I know automobiles are technically superior. But once again, mass production integrated circuits have lowered the cost. But still, the new car you could buy for four grand back in the day is now 30000 today. Things have gone up. And it's not that they've gone up. It's the value of our money keeps going down. True, certain things have gotten cheaper to make, find, produce, or distribute. That's helped a little bit. But medical cost, cost of a college education, they've risen far beyond inflation. Thank you, federal government. And so we have a liar class running our, our House and our Senate. I don't care. Yeah. But Bob, we have Republicans in charge. Look at the, the, you're not understanding that too many of those in the House of Representatives that claim to be conservatives are really not conservatives. They're phonies and frauds. And the sooner you wake up to the fact that you're not going to repair this nation at the ballot box, the better off you're going to be. If your goal is to repair the United States, I mean, think of what was being said in that little tiny montage that I played. Secretary Mayorkas. Oh, the border's secure. Yeah, right. He lied. And we're fixing it every day. And and then to have to have uh Corrine Jean Paris, Jean Paris say, you know, that we inherited a broken border. No, you didn't. You broke it when you got it. The numbers of people coming across the border were nowhere near what they are today here in the United States. So once again, it's just a bold faced lie that the lapdogs at NBC, ABC, CBS, the New York Times, Washington Post, yeah, you know, the, the regulars, they just buy into it, believe every word of it. And even if they don't, they're going to be good little propagandists and make sure you do. Because none of this affects them. We are run by a nation that is full of liars, opportunists, political hacks, and government workers that keep voting for Democrats so they can make more personal money for themselves. And they don't care who suffers in the process as long as they get theirs. The 51 intelligence individuals that signed that phony letter about the Hunter Biden laptop, they knew it was a lie when they, when they did it. They all did. And a lot of them are leftist commentators now at MSNBC and CNN and whatever. We're not going to fix it at the ballot box until we fix ourselves. 
as a people. First thing people need to do is recognize who your true enemy is. That enemy goes deeper than just a network or a a political party or an activist group like Antifa. It goes to the heart and soul of an individual. If you want to see America fixed, even for a short season, it's going to have to be fixed at the level of people, not politics. Politics is no more than a reflection of the people in the country. And those in the Republican Party, too many, play the game because they come out of places like Anderson County, South Carolina, which is a conservative area, or maybe a Rabin County, Georgia, maybe a Smith County, Virginia. I can go down the list of places all over this nation, even in small town upstate New York and rural Pennsylvania that are definitely conservative areas. And so to get elected, you have to play the conservative game, even if you're not. You have to lie to yourself. And and I've seen too many people that have run for office in these so-called conservative areas, whether at the federal level or even the state level, that that are just frauds. They talk a good game at the Rotary Club. But wait till you get them on the racquetball court with their buddies at the state capitol or in D.C. Different story. They play you like a violin and they assume that you're just a bunch of rubes. And they can count on your vote because they know just what to say and how to say it and when to say it. Every two years. Or in the case of Lindsey Graham, every six years. They're liars. And this once great nation, as I've said all this week, is coming closer and closer and closer to a day of destiny that will never be evaded. When God judges this nation for what it has done. There's not much we can do about the liars in D.C. or the liars in your state house, Even the liars that may be at your county government. The liars that run for the school boards. That's something else. Just a real quick thought on this. Too many good people could, you know, have never wanted to serve on a school board. It's not a big deal. And it's like, why do I want to do that? And so those that have run for the school board, those that are going into education, those that are educational administrators have been co-opted by the leftist parties, viewpoints, and agendas. And they're the ones pushing transgender stuff on the kids because the parents are too busy remembering the way schools were when they were there. And it's changed. You know, the Marietta Hobkirk, she was a, She was my English teacher in the ninth grade. Sweet, dear lady. Her husband was the pastor of a very conservative Presbyterian church in our town. Matter of fact, most of the teachers I went to school with, they attended church. Not anymore. Different world. I saw something that reminded me 
of something in 2015. I was I took a picture at a church that I was visiting, and I said, I'm glad to be among the 20% of the population that is worshiping God on this Sunday morning. I feel bad for the other 80%. That was 2015. It's worse today. And even those that do go to church, how many are really in Bible-believing churches? One of the things that, like I say, I, I, I talked about the liars to remind you it's not going to be an easy job to exercise them out of positions. They're entrenched. Too many people are disconnected. And they just believe what they read on Facebook. You know, the Christians have done a really pathetic job in getting their message out. They don't know how to do it. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about that issue and a couple of others. Sure, I just wanted to remind you that you we're fighting a losing battle in trying to repair the United States by political and normal elect, you know, election means. It's not going to happen. Not when you have a disconnected society. Not when you have the majority disconnected from their creator and an almighty God. They have no reference point of right or wrong. Maybe they're fiscal conservatives, but they don't care about, well, you know, let bygones be bygones. Yeah, let them do what they want to do. They don't want to get involved. They just want their taxes lowered and their streets safe. Then you have the anarchists that are just trying to destroy this nation from within because they see an agenda that they believe is going to make their lives great and it's a very satanic agenda that ultimately always collapses on itself. So when we get back, I want to share just a few thoughts and then explain how we can make a real difference. Now, do you think this program is making a difference for you in your life? I want to take a moment to thank all of you that have listened this week and have taken a few minutes of your time to send me an email and let me know exactly how you listen. It has been a great help. I mean, I need to reassess how to get the message of this program out. And which way should I go? Where should I invest a little bit more effort and time and resources if needed? The more I hear from you, the more direction I'm getting. Now, just I'll say this right now so there's no misunderstanding. I still believe in the power of shortwave. And I still want to, if anything expand that outreach. Sure, I know that maybe only one in 300 Americans have a shortwave radio. I think that's pretty much the average. Last number that I checked. But that's still more than watch MSNBC. I mean, let's be honest. There can be an audience on shortwave. And as certain things become more restrictive, it may become a necessity to use more shortwave. So I'm trying to find ways around it that I'll talk about in the next segment. But once again, if you haven't sent me an email, please do. And I promise you, I promise you, 
I am not cultivating email addresses. You're not going to start getting a bunch of spam or email from me. I may reply to your email one time that you send to thank you or maybe something you asked a question about. But there's not going to be an email list maintained. I'm not doing that. I don't feel as of now that I'm really led by God to do that. I'm not trying to play the marketing game. I just don't feel up to it. If you want to send me a regular letter, you can do that too, and I'll give you the address in a moment. If you can help us, well, first, if you're going to send an email, here's the email address. Bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Take a moment. Email comes directly to me. If you can help us financially as we try to grow this program, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510. That's P.O. Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That zip code again, 24319. I'll give it in just a second. Again. And by the way, if you prefer, many are doing it, you can go to the website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com, and you can support us from there using Give, Send, Go. Our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. Mailing address. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman, the House of Caiaphas, and the mystery of the Hikrib. Coming up, Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can, so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Messiah was brought to Caiaphas' house. He was brought to the Sanhedrin, into the dominion and the jurisdiction of the priests. Salvation is perfect. You ever wonder why this had to be? Well, deep and fascinating answer. See, in ancient Israel, when a sacrifice was offered up, there was a set procedure or rite that had to follow, had to be followed as they lifted up that sacrifice. The first part of it was called the hikrib. It comes from a Hebrew word that means karav, which means close or near. The hikrib means to bring near, the bringing near of the sacrifice. The first part of offering up a sacrifice is that the sacrifice had to be brought near to the priest or into the dominion of the priest. The higher the sacrifice, the higher the priest, the high priest, ultimately, for the greatest one. So you had to give over the sacrifice to the priest. The house of Caiaphas was the dominion of the priest, the priests of Israel. Messiah had to be brought to the house of Caiaphas before this, because the sacrifice had to be brought to the dominion of the priest to perform the hikrib, for which the priests were responsible for overseeing the sacrifice. The Lord's amazing. In every detail, the sacrifice we have in Messiah is perfect. And it says something too. 
when we are to offer up a sacrifice, we need to bring him near to every part of our life, near to our heart, near to our sins, near to our emotions, near to your past, your wounds, your secret things, your dreams, your everything. The whole point is the sacrifice has to be brought near. Bring Messiah near because that's when it counts, the Hikrib. Want more? Ask for Footsteps on the Altar on CD. Now, from the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the writings of the rabbis that prove Jesus is the Messiah, the awesome long-hidden mystery, now reveal the mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it. And sapphires guarantee to bless your socks off. So how do you get these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So for your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me. Together, bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Strike to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, bring him near, my friend. Bring him near. Shalom and Echem. Peace be to you in Messiah. Haseorohim, the Lamb of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Thursday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to take just a moment here as we begin this segment. I want to thank all of you that listen on a regular basis to this program. I know for many of you, listening on shortwave is not always easy. The nature of shortwave radio, it is what it is. There can be times of of wonderful propagation and the signal just covers tremendous distances with little or no noise or interference. Then there are other days not quite as good. But I also believe firmly that shortwave radio for this program has a unique benefit. And let me just kind of sum it up really quick. Number one, I recognize that they figure the estimate is something like one in 300 people, maybe a little bit better, have regular access to a working usable shortwave radio. I know a lot of ham operators and ham radio people listen a lot to shortwave, hobbyists and others. And there's also an increasingly growing group of people that are looking for uncensored news. And they believe, and I think they're right, that they can find it oftentimes on shortwave. Being a podcast, which we also are on this program, we're available on numerous platforms now, so I am told. The problem with being a podcast, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of podcasts out there every day. There are a lot of people that get started, they do a handful, realize it's not easy, and they stop after their fifth or sixth episode. 
we are on episode 300 and something right now. So we're, we're in this for the long haul. And we produce this program from Monday through Friday. It's not easy to do. And I know when I put this out there as a podcast, sure, it ends up on iTunes. Sure, it ends up at Amazon. Sure, it ends up at iHeartRadio and a bunch of others. Spotify. But I'm competing with literally tens of thousands of other programs. So it's hard to get your message to the top of mind for people to even find you. What seems to be the norm is that somebody finds this program on shortwave. And then for convenience, they often listen as a podcast, which is fine. The podcast, it's the audio quality, I'm sure, is a lot better than what you get off of shortwave radio. Let's, let's just be honest. And so shortwave is my primary outreach. The problem is I have no way to measure the results. There's no rating company out there doing shortwave. There's no Nielsen. There's no whatever the groups are now uh, that used to do all the, the ratings and for radio. Just, they don't do that for shortwave. So I have no way to know. We are in the blind. And we also recognize people can listen to this program, not just in the United States, but in Canada, especially. It can be heard in Europe. It can be heard in a lot of places because of shortwave. And I'll be brutally honest, if I had the budget, there are two or three other stations I would love to be on here in the United States. And I've even wondered, because there are a handful of private operators in Europe, would it be worth being on to make sure I've got a better signal in the United Kingdom and even in the Middle East? Your prayers, your input, your thoughts are appreciated. And if you believe in what I'm doing, just, you know, let me know by sending an email, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com, or use our mailing address, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. And I'll give you that again at the end of the program. Just, just wanted you to think about that. We're on WRMI. And a couple of nights a week, we're also on KVOH. But there are other stations as well and, and really other parts of the world that need to hear this program. So I'm, I'm praying about it. I wish we had a huge budget. I'd be on a handful of domestic radio stations, but I don't see that happening right now. What I do see is that we live in a, in a time that is of biblical proportions, in my opinion. And what I'm... I'm thinking about scoffers. You've heard that term, scoffers. You read in the Bible, 2 Peter 3, verse 3, and also in the book of Jude and other places, in the last days, scoffers will come. What is a scoffer? A scoffer in this context is simply somebody that denies 
the truth of Scripture and entices others to go along with his or her error. Now, the concept of scoffers goes back to the beginning of humankind on this planet. The first temptation, did God really say what he said? It's the same thing. But see, one of the things we're seeing in the book of Jude makes it really clear, and this is what really is driving me. As we come into these last days, the scoffers are becoming greater in number and louder. See, there's a big difference. You may not follow this, but when you've got a lot of what I call fence sitters or people that don't care about anything, they don't care about the things of God, they don't pay attention to any of that, they just live their lives, do their thing, and they make no effort one way or the other. They're just, you know, there, for lack of a better term. I think many of you know the type. There's some people out there that maybe they were raised in some church way back when as a kid. And so if you were to ask them, do you believe in God? The answer would be, yeah, I believe in God. And if I live a good life, I might even get myself to heaven. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I've met so many of them in my life. So many. You know, yeah, I remember as a kid, I used to go to Sunday school. My parents would take me to church on Sunday night. Maybe occasionally on a Wednesday night prayer meeting, but I hadn't been there in 30 years. And and these are the ones that that are hanging out at the sports bars and what have you. But everybody believes when they die, you know, if I lived a good life, St. Peter will let me in. That's the world of the of basically a person that has no commitment to anything except their day-to-day life. And they have hope in something they don't even want to know about or participate in. But see, scoffers are something a little bit different. Scoffers, they are full of energy, they are full of vile, they're full of anger. Oftentimes, cursing God, making fun of people of God. Look, I get all that, I get a lot of that all the time. You know, you do a radio program like this, you'd be surprised some of the emails I occasionally get. What kind of fool are you? What kind of an idiot are you? And, and people would say, yeah, you're just getting rich off all those people out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to know something? I am not getting rich off doing this program. If anything, my wife and I are still deeply in debt from doing this program. This was never a ministry of making us a living. I could have been happily retired and living better than I am today if I didn't do this program. So, you know, you get the scoffers, you get the know-it-alls that think that everybody is a is a fake or a fraud out there, especially if they're on radio or TV. And for me, ministry has always been a calling. When I would go serve a church, I used to have to work a second or third job on the side to make ends meet. Except a couple of churches that finally grew big enough 
where they asked me to stop doing outside work and raise the income to at least enough to get by. I mean, I've lived this life for over 27 years. I got I was ordained in the in the ministry in my 40s, not not in my 20s. And it has put a lot on me to literally be working a job oftentimes and the church and the ministry. And I've come to this point in in my ministry in my life and this really has nothing to do with the medical stuff that I'm dealing with, we still, as, as, I'm, as I'm putting this program together, yeah, I may get a, a call afterward or something. I still don't know what the score is going to be for me in the long run. But I'm going to keep on keeping on like I have all the time in the world. I'm going to plan like I have, I'll be doing this till I'm 80 something. And I'll just do it until the Lord says enough is enough. I believe in what I do in Truth to Ponder as a radio program. But I also recognize when you're in this age of scoffers, and I'll be dealing a lot with it tomorrow on the program, the things we need to do. When I saw that reminder of where I was like 15, back in 2015, attending and and visiting this this church and had a wonderful time there. I was living at that time in Vero Beach in Florida. And it became my my Sunday sanctuary. But I also recognize that there are places and regions in this country where finding a Bible-believing church is not an easy task. I get it. Or maybe there is one, but it's not close by. Maybe you live out in, in a rural area and, you know, you don't know. And we, we've seen a lot of what used to be, and I, I've said this before and I'll just say it again. There are churches, I'll just call them institutions with buildings that one time were a church. They claim to be, but they're no longer You know, the Bible talks about the day's going to come when nobody wants to hear sound doctrine anymore. And they want to heap upon themselves teachers telling them what they want to hear. No, I don't want to give up my sinful lifestyle. I love my sin. And so churches, in order to keep the offering plate going, the doors open, whatever the case may be, They begin to celebrate your sin instead of telling you to repent of it. They begin to participate in your sin instead of guiding you away from it. And now we have scoffers in our media that are just out and out enemies of the cross. That's what the Bible calls them, enemies of the cross. They're arrogant. They know it all. They're boastful, proud, abusive. That's what the Bible says about them. A lot of them are lovers of money. Look at the billionaire class that makes fun of God or pretends they know him, but they don't. John Kerry comes to mind, pro-abortion, worships the planet, claims to be some kind of a Catholic, but I I, I don't know what he is. 
There's no evidence in his life. If you were accused of being a Christian, is there evidence in your life of really of really being one? People that love their pleasure more than lovers of God. You've, you've read this all in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And so the number of scoffers increases. And they're in media, they're in politics, they're online influencers in social media, they're actors, actresses, they're media stars, they're music stars. And in the midst of this, churches compromise. You have, like I say, some denominations that have basically abandoned the truth of the scripture, made a mockery of Jesus Christ's death on the cross, And they're preaching what the Bible says is a damnable heresy. And they continue on wanting to be accepted by the world. You have kids that are disobedient disobedient to their parents, their schools. They mock God too. Arrogance. And this ever-increasing, multiplying number of scoffers. I mean, I don't remember that number of scoffers 50 years ago. I knew people that were probably not believers, but they weren't hostile to you. Today, they are. They're angry. They're hostile. They're mean. They want you silenced. They want you removed from social media. They don't want your podcast out there on platforms like Spotify. They don't want you out there on iHeartRadio. They don't want you out there on Amazon or or iTunes or wherever. They don't want you there. They want you gone. Thankfully, most of these people with their iPhones never heard of shortwave radio and still to this day don't understand it. And so we will work diligent and hard to keep these platforms open. I'm working on a project, and tomorrow I'm going to reveal more about it. I'm not ready to put it up on the website yet. I call it the church project. And it is a church without walls. We will use shortwave radio. We will use online platforms. We will have a talk and teaching channel where there's going to be a number of people that I'm inviting to put their programs on so you can actually go to a website or even use your phone if needed to listen to these programs or even find some on demand. A couple of music channels perhaps that are already out there. There's some work to be done on double checking all the music. And then I'm looking at this building that God has just put in front of me that I I pray about every day where we could conduct a worship service live, recorded or both. For those that live in a place where they have nothing. I can imagine in parts of Canada with the very few number of people that even go to church anymore and how many of the churches there have gone into the social gospel that you might not have a church nearby. I can imagine in many places here in the United States, same thing. Hard to find. And for those that are in this theological desert, for lack of a better word, I'm trying to build an online church that is true to God's word, that will teach, inspire, 
and be a great help. And also be prepared for the next pandemic. Let's be honest. How many churches were caught off guard? A lot of them. Never knew what to do. Never never believed the day would come their doors would be closed. Many of these churches, they shut down and never came back because they were financially on the brink to begin with. Now they're gone. And they're not going to return. I know there are new churches every day, and hopefully, maybe because of some of this that we're doing, this could be a hub to actually launch a small local congregation somewhere. To bring Bible-believing Christians together again. And get away from the scoffers, get away from the reprobates, get away from the blasphemous churches that have that have just turned an almighty God into their own image. God will deal with them in time. And we only may get a handful of people that watch every week. Maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen, maybe a hundred, maybe more. I don't know. But I just feel we need to be doing this. I think hundreds of others of pastors that need to be doing this too and learn how to use media correctly. Holding a cell phone up and going on Facebook Live to run your service is not going to work. There's a right way and a wrong way. And too often the church is caught off guard and has tried to throw something together. We will plan from day one that this church's purpose is to be a small congregation with a, with a very wide outreach. And hopefully we will have dozens of these kind of churches and places overlapping each other and feeding the sheep. Now I have to ask the question, do you believe in what I'm doing here? I mean, really, is any of this making any sense to you? If it is, would you let me know? Write me an email, bob at truth the number two ponder.com. You can write me a letter. A physical letter still works. And you can send it to me at Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319, 24319. If you can help us financially, you can do it from our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, or make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And again, the mailing address, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code, 24319. That zip code, again, is 24319. Now, tomorrow... I'll talk more about this and still, as I always do on the weekend, give you a message of hope. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.